Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today, we've got a crazy story of a forklift carrying thousands of pounds of stuff being told how they can and can't drive. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, won't let me clock on 15 minutes early for prep time? Fine, I won't, but I also won't stay late when you don't shift enough people. I work a customer service job on a golf course. I do front desk secretarial work mainly. I usually work morning shifts, so I like to clock on 5 to 15 minutes early and spend that time before the place opens getting ready. Organizing files, tidying my area, getting a radio, reading over the itinerary for the day, etc. I also use this time to set up some other stations around me for the greeter and such so that when they arrive, things are ready for them. I personally thought this was a model employee sort of thing to do, and as they don't always give me as many hours as I would like, this is a good way for me to get a bit more money. Most of the managers are pretty friendly with me, and I have no qualms with them. One of the managers, we'll call her M, is a jerk to we lowly worker bees. Unfortunately for me, M is a higher rank than most of the other managers. As an example, when I first started working there, I asked if I could have a chair to sit at the front desk, because I was having a lot of foot and knee pain and the front desk is a stationary place, where chairs make sense. M told me that chairs are unprofessional, and that if I want one I'll need a medical exemption. I don't have one and I'm too broke to get one, so I just sucked it up and got used to it. About a week ago, M saw me clocking on and was like, what are you doing? You're not shifted until open o'clock. I explained that I clock on a few minutes early to prepare for the day so we can have a smooth open and be ready for the morning golfers. She tells me that I'm only allowed to clock on in the time frame between 5 minutes before my shift and 1 minute before my shift because they don't want to be paying employees for too much time. A four-minute clock-on window feels a little tight to me and I'll miss the extra 15 minutes of money and preparation time a day, but whatever. I don't want to fight M because I know she can make my life a living heck if she wants to. I comply to her new ruling. Today, rather than drive myself, I got a ride because my car needed to be in the mechanic shop. Today being a Friday and a holiday, we were pretty busy and we were also super short-staffed. I was the only person at the front desk, and whoever was supposed to replace me hadn't arrived yet. The end of my shift came, and my ride texted me that he was here. I didn't want to keep him waiting, but like the good employee I am, I also didn't want to clock off with the front desk unattended. So I radioed M and asked her to take over the front desk until my replacement showed up so I could leave. M told me that the end of the shift was only a possible end time, and that employees may be required to stay after their shift's end. And I told her my ride was already here, I needed to leave, and that if she didn't take the spot at the front desk, it would be empty until my replacement clocked on. I clocked off and left with M fuming. If I'm not allowed to clock on early, then don't try to demand I stay late, jerk. Is it even legal to give somebody a schedule and then say, well, that's just a possible end time, you might have to stay on for really as long as we need. Can you place that expectation on your workers? 
Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, don't want to turn down your music? Guess I won't either. I recently moved, and my new neighbors seem to have no concept of how much noise they're making. Loud music until late at night, guests having loud conversations or screaming matches, you know the drill. It is important to note that these are so-called Rubazatin resting times where I live. You're generally not allowed to make noise between 10pm and 6am on weekdays, that includes loud music. A couple of days ago, at around 11pm during the week, I knocked on their door asking them to turn their music down as I had work in the morning. After being asked why that was their problem, I replied that not only for the sake of being neighborly should they turn their music down, remember down, not off, I'm no party pooper, but also because it's illegal to be this loud at this time of day. Their reply? What, you're gonna call the police because of some music? That wouldn't be very neighborly either. So how about we all mind our business and just stick to our own apartment, huh? I bet. Their party went on to about 2am, then they finally stopped. I meanwhile decided to take a home office day to exact my revenge on their no doubt hungover butts. At exactly 6am, knowing that my other neighbor had gone to work, I for the first time ever turned my 800 watt speaker system all the way up to 11. Volume, bass boost, treble, everything. I also turned my subwoofer towards the wall that had their bedroom on the other side. I'm a big fan of electronic music, especially the hard stuff. Hard style, tech, psi, anything that's loud and has a lot of bass. So I let them share in my joy at full volume. Walls were vibrating, the ground was shaking. I decided to wear earplugs because it was just too much even for me. After about 15 minutes at full volume, I get a notification that someone's at my door. I open it, music still blaring at full power, to my pissed off looking neighbors in their pajamas, reeking of alcohol. They of course asked me to stop. I replied, what? You're gonna get angry over a little music? Well that's not very neighborly. How about you just stick to your apartment, huh? I then slammed the door in their face and turned off my doorbell. After another hour of various dubstep, tech, and death metal, I turned off my system, walked over to their door, and rang up a storm. After they'd opened their door, all I said was, Peace? Ruiz Aiton between 22 and 6 during the week? We cool? I can definitely see how a lot of people who do this partying thing with the music way too loud imagine that anybody that complains is just some over-the-hill party pooper who just doesn't get it. But as soon as those tables are turned around and it's an inconvenient time for them, it becomes pretty easy to understand why they would be pissed off. Just because they don't want to be productive the next day and ruin whatever sleep they could get doesn't mean you have to drag all of your neighbors down with you. Our next story is, they only take cash. Inspired by the story of the two cent bill that couldn't be paid in cash, I'd like to relate the story of a repair business that only wanted cash. The background is that I'm a musician and a speaker blew up like a month after the warranty expired. Figures. So even though I didn't have any warranty left, I still wanted the official repair guys to take a look at it. This is a business representing one of the world's largest brands that actually bought the original company that made my speakers. So I expected to be dealing with professionals. I brought the speaker to them. They said they'd take a look and quote me for the repairs. So far, so good. 
The quote took weeks. Then it took them about three months to repair it, apparently having to wait or have forgotten about for the part that needed replacing. At this point, I was already mildly annoyed. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I felt that months for a part replacement was pushing it, even with the supply chain issues. But eventually I got an email with the notification that I could collect my speaker upon payment in cash. No way to wire transfer the money, and the bill was 330 euros in a bit. It was explicitly mentioned that they didn't accept cards. Enter the malicious compliance. Because I'm a musician, and from time to time I go busking, I find the art of trying to entertain people who have no interest in being entertained challenging. Anyway, that means I collect a lot of coins in the process. They wanted cash? I'll give them cash. I counted out the money in whatever coins I had in my money box. I put it in two heavy plastic containers and went to collect my speaker. So they got me my speaker. Everything seemed fine. And then the guy mentioned I still needed to pay. I produced my boxes and there was an audible swallow. The guy asked if I had larger money. I offered to pay by card. He said I couldn't. Well, then I don't have any other ways of paying them. It was amazing how quickly the three men working there passed this job to the only woman in the store because she got the honor of counting this money. I sat down and waited. It took well over half an hour and she claimed I was short. Now, I couldn't have been, so I went to try and check on her work, but our systems of counting were nothing alike, hers being the erroneous one. After several minutes of trying to work out what's wrong, she spotted an error in her system that explained why she miscounted by almost 120 euros. I took my speaker to my car. I heard someone say that maybe they should invest in a counting machine. Yeah, that's the problem here guys, the manual counting. Great deduction. I'm not gonna lie, over the years of just buying things and exchanging things and getting a few coins here and there, I've put all of mine in a jar and I have like a pretty decent chunk of change here, but I don't even have the patience to just sit down and count it all. So I begin thinking, well, maybe I should get one of those cheap-ish coin counters. But then I realized the amount of money I probably spend on the coin counter probably takes away any of the profit I would have from cashing out on these coins. And then you think about how long it would take you to count it per hour. And I feel a little resigned on my fate because working is probably a lot more profitable than sitting there counting those coins in my free time too. Our next story is, seriously? So quite a while back, I'd completed my graduate degree and elected to take a course in groundwater modeling that was offered at night once a week. 
During the semester, I was offered a job out of state and therefore elected to drop the course. After the paperwork was completed, I received a bill for 24 cents. At the time, the bulk postage rate was 27 cents, with the additional cost of paper, envelope, printing supplies, etc. I thought that this was a little silly and I called the bursar's office and asked if I seriously needed to pay the bill, and they said yes. They said that there was absolutely no way to fix the billing system to account for billing that actually cost the university more than they would collect. Cue malicious compliance. I then went ahead and wrote a check for 23 cents and sent it back. The joke was now on me as I then received a bill back for 51 cents with the statement that the minimum finance charge for a balance was 50 cents. Now I am really dismayed, but another query to the bursar's office results in another reply of, we cannot do anything to the system and there's no way to clear the balance, blah blah blah. As a note, it's not allowable to pay with change due to an incident of infidelity between a student's husband and an employee at the bursar's office that resulted in a tuition payment made with a wheelbarrow full of coins. So now I am motivated to comply in a malicious manner just to get even. I sit at my desk and proceed to write 51 checks for one cent and send them in to clear my balance. About four days later, I receive a call from the bursar's office regarding my payment. They indicated that my submission was unacceptable as I was not allowed to pay with change. I replied that I wasn't paying with change, but checks, which is in line with the policies set forth by their office. I tell them that I'll be happy to send them another check if they like, and they agree. I then go ahead and write a check out on the absolutely smallest scrap of paper I can send it on, and send it in. I figure this has to be the story, but there is one more funny thing. About three weeks later, I received a check for 51 cents from the university to clear the positive balance on my account. Ultimately, it seems like someone could have written a trap in the accounting code to negate balances that provided less revenue than the collection cost, but at least I had fun. Honestly, as soon as they sent back that bill for 51 cents with the statement that the minimum charge was 50 cents... I was waiting for OP to give them 50 cents back, so they still had a balance of 1 cent. Although I just bet that as soon as you give them that 50 cents, and it would actually clear as a profit, then all of a sudden, despite having such problem clearing balances in the past, they'll just wipe that 1 cent regardless. That said, our final story of the day is, I can't go backwards? Okay. I work in a warehouse, so there's a couple of different machines that I operate, but here's one, order picker. I work with the capacity and consolidation team, so there's one aisle that I need to work on consolidating to make room for another product that's coming in. I've been consolidating this particular aisle that was only one-way traffic, and I usually wait until no one's working in that area so I can drive back and forth if I find duplication products and combine it into one location. Now, per safety rules, I can't drive backwards into or inside an aisle. I have to go around and enter the aisle again. I get scolded about this because there's a desk right next to this aisle to hand out orders to pick out all over the warehouse. So now I have to drive around to the next aisle and then drive back in this aisle. Now onto my malicious compliance. I have to blast my horn at every intersection, every turn, every pass with someone, every time I drop my machine. 
So before, I would just go back and forth in this aisle. Blasting my horn was at minimum by one horn. When going backwards, that's it. Now I go in a loop. Every turn I blast it twice. Now I go around blasting my horn 8 to 12 times per lap at minimum. Average lap times are 3 minutes. Bright side about this? I'm deaf and I won't get annoyed with the horn. Although OP really feels like they're doing some great malicious compliance, if anything, I think they're just being like a model worker for safety. I betcha if OSHA was visiting that day and overlooking what was going on here, they'd have a big smile on their face because OP is doing everything absolutely right. Good work, OP. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome malicious compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.